what conditions are stipulations. Magic tricks or manipulations interjecting I've been sick for a thousand days. Brooke has been sick for like the last seven years. Um, yeah, it's been like a, it's been like the a great battle between my body and this flu that has been just like in a committed relationship with my body. That's yeah. I think the the flu is winning. I'm yeah. I'm gonna just become the flu. At one point, you'll just be a large virus. Isn't walking virus a thing? Walk uh, walking walking pneumonia. Yeah, yeah. Also. Um, my birthday is on the 26th of November. And Which so I know now because we're a fortnight apart. And for- so I we will have a fortnight. Two years into our friendship, I will now actually remember the date of your birthday. Yours is the 12th. Yeah. See, now we always know because yeah. it's an exact fortnight. Well, you're a Scorpio and I'm a mm-hmm. Sag. Did we make the, the turnover yet? Yes, it was, it's today actually. It's oh. my sister-in-law's birthday today. Happy birthday, Milo. What is today? 22nd? 22nd, yep. It's Sag season, bitches. It's my season now. I'm in control Sad of nothing. Season. Obviously, Whatever. if I was in control of anything, I wouldn't be sick. But I have been having like an existential crisis because I'm turning 24, which is a non-consequential age. But I keep thinking about the fact that um, I'm going to die one day. <laughs> and I don't know how I feel about that because part of me is like, yes, bring it on. I'm so ready to get eaten by bugs in the dirt and no, just lie there. it's scary. Death is really freaky. I don't want to be dead. I don't necessarily want to be dead. I don't want to live forever, but the idea of being dead freaks me out. I I will go quietly into that good night. I'm just mm. going to be like, take me away. The idea of a lack of consciousness when I definitely have a consciousness right now, it's really hard to grapple with. No, I get that. Getting as cheap as we want to. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about death for the next... Let's get real emo. I mean, even with all my sad, like, haha, life is terrible jokes, I don't want to be dead. I'm not so, looking forward to being dead. I'm just gonna, I'm just like, mm, you know, like, yeah, bury me in, like, a hill. And you want to be like, buried? Yeah, I used to not want, I used to want to be cremated because I didn't like the idea of decomposing. Neither one's great. You either burn or you rot away. Mm. Neither one is, like, a no. fun There's option. There's a great book called In Search of the Good Death by Caitlin Doherty. Mm. I think it's Doherty. I think that's how you pronounce her last name. Doherty? It might be Doherty, but she's a, she used to work in a crematorium and she wrote a book called Up in Smoke about that. And then she wrote mm. a book about death rituals. And there's this city in Colorado. I can't remember which one. Oh, yeah. But they allow you to be burnt on a pyre. And I'm like, that would be kick-ass. I don't know. I feel like that would be very traumatic for the surviving people. Because not to get too macabre, but because my dad wanted to be cremated. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, this person that I knew as a physical being because that's the hardest thing about death. It's like yeah. this consciousness is no longer in the physical form that I knew. But then, okay, but the physical form is gone now. It's just that really freaked me out. And so I think the idea of watching that doubly would be... Well, it's also... Uh. I can see how it would be a little bit traumatic because you, a lot of... you It involves a process. Like they have to like fan the flames uh. and then cover like as like pieces of the body are dropping. Into yeah. A, a no, I don't think I'd be good. You cover... But that's also kind of metal. And I'm like, yeah, that would be a cool I mean, way to it's, go. Yeah. But 
my I've I've now landed on I think I just want to be buried in like a pine box with no mm. formaldehyde or any kind of like. Pre- pre- you want to rot stat. You want to well, rot I just as wanna, quickly. Like, I just want to go naturally, and I want like the bugs to be like, "Hi, hey, friend. Oh, I like this. Oh my. Hi, hi, friend. Is this my new house?" And then I just like want to go and see. The it's all. It's just nature is traumatic. Nature is dirty and it's scary, and that's how it is. Like um, my friend Allie, her cat died recently, and she buried him in the woods near her house. She lives in Colorado. And she's like, I went back, like, a month later because I was hoping to get his bones. And it was really clear that an animal had dug up Ooh. the shallow hole because the, the ground was frozen, so I couldn't bury him very deep. And someone just, like, took his whole body. Mm. Yeah, that's traumatizing. I was like, fuck. <laughs> or at least, like, that kind of weighs on you because you're like, what happened to my cat? Like, where that cat was there and nature no, happened nature to happened it happened no to it. <laughs> anyways this is exceedingly persuasive let's I'm, perk it up <laughs> i'm brooke rogers and i think about death too much i don't think there's a too much i'm Mackenzie brennan and i i think i think about it just right and i think you <laughs> do <enough>. too <laughs> uh yeah. welcome so, guys it, it took a long time we're gonna go from death like, to politics because which, you know that's the consistencies are death, taxes, and politics. Yeah, I was actually. gonna say, like to modify that, politics are can't get away both from fleeting it. and consistently weighing on us. So the first thing I wanted to bring up was uh, <laughs> Prince Andrew. Do we still get to call him Prince? Yeah, no, I guess he's still technically. I'm not a gonna prince. remember his full name. No, I mean because he stepped down from public, public life. Yeah, yeah. Is I think he's still Prince though. So this is. Should we just call him Andrew? Andy. Yeah. Oh, that's a little too endearing to me. Yeah, it's true. Andrew, Prince Andrew did a an interview with BBC's Emily, I think it's Matlas. Okay. Uh, the So the, he's been in the spotlight for a bit because of his connection to Jeffrey Epstein. On his plane a bunch. Yeah, and uh, also was named of, in yeah. Virginia Roberts Jufri's complaint because mm-hmm. evidently she was recruited to have sex with him and is in a photo with him. So that that's kind of how this all started. There's been a... A low simmering flame around yeah. him with the Jeffrey Epstein story. So now he saw fit to do this interview. Well, the British tabloids were using Meghan Markle, for, for the fear around Meghan Markle, to cover up for him for a long time. Like they would be like, between Meghan the Markle two, who's the more evil? Wore brown shoes with a black dress. Like it was like the mm, dumbest disgusting. stuff that they would come up with to be upset about because she's biracial and American and they hate her. Yeah. I would actually love to hear from our UK listeners about how they feel about Meghan Markle and if they feel like the British tabloids have colored their view of her. I'd love to, And yeah. how they feel about tabloids' coverage of her during this whole Prince Andrew Epstein yeah, stuff. Yeah, the comparison there. Because actually some of the stuff on Prince Andrew that I heard came from uh, Kimmy. We have a great UK listener named Kimmy, and she, I think she was one of the people who gave a quote for the um, Brexit episode. Oh, yeah. And so she was talking about how he gave that sweating excuse. We'll get to it. Yeah, so <laughs> one of the excuses that Prince Andrew gave for... So in Virginia Roberts' Jufri's story, she said that they had been dancing all night. He was very sweaty. He possibly went to take a bath. And then later she was coerced into having sex with him. Which honestly, that the sweatiness detail was not a detail that I'd heard before. The first time I heard it mentioned was in was when he brought it up in this interview to debunk the fact that he could have been sweaty. Well, the journalist kind of mentioned it offhandedly, and then he said, well, Hmm. that couldn't be true because I have a very particular medical condition that doesn't allow me to sweat, which... He was in the Falkland-Malvinas War, which is, like, basically British colonialism trying to assert itself in these islands that have been owned by Argentina in the South Atlantic. 
and so he bravely fought for colonialism and was shot in every last sweat gland but he did say that it critical. has been since that war that he hasn't been able to sweat. Which he said it was like, related to something that happened. Which, like, could be a thing. I have no medical expertise. I'm sure it is a thing. But just, it was a really funny argument for me to hear. There's like, no way I, I could have, have sexually raped. assaulted that girl. I can't sweat. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know. I love it. Uh, another excuse. So there was a photo of him with Roberts at Ghislaine Maxwell's house in 2001. He denied the photo was real because um another great excuse yeah, i love he these said, defenses he was like it can't be real i think it was photoshopped i don't remember meeting her i think that's definitely me but i wasn't there at the house and one of prince andrew's friends in an interview <laughs> claimed that it was photoshopped because prince andrew's fingers are quote-unquote much chubbier in real life so, so my fingers are too fat gotcha? and I don't sweat, so I couldn't have sexually assaulted that seventeen. Which, like, year old. honestly, if you've seen the photo, it does not you look can't photoshopped even really see his at fingers all. That well. It's just kind of like the front little parts of his. <laughs> but apparently, I don't know. A, a lot of the new scrutiny, I guess, is that he stayed at Jeffrey Epstein's house, um, his Upper East Side wealth and sex dungeon yeah, after after he had been convicted, and, or and, after he pleaded guilty to the sex to being a sex offender and was yeah. listed as one, and. Prince Andrew's excuse for that was like, well, I was too honorable to say no, and it, it was, was a convenient. convenient place, which I think of, I don't have the resources by a long shot that that man does, and I still find places to stay, and I still, if an acquaintance was like, hey, stay with me in a city, and I was like, I don't know, let alone the sex offender factor, yeah, I'd just be like, no, I'm good. Well, who doesn't? I mean, he probably just wanted to see the giant painting of Bill Clinton in a blue dress. Honestly, I kind of do, too. So, to be fair. Did you know that was that was actually painted by a student who did not realize that Epstein I bought heard until that much later. they didn't know that was the purpose yeah. of the, uh, the so, commission. This, in my opinion, this is what happens when you're an adult man who has never had to face consequences for anything ever. Absolutely. You just become a terrible liar who defends himself against accusations of sexual assault by saying you have a sweating disorder and your friends come <laughs> out and say you have two fat fingers my to fingers have in that photo. Fat. Oh, and then even when he had every opportunity to say at least an inkling of a positive thing, because the, the reporter said, do you regret it now being friends with him? And he's like, even now, No. Because I met such cool people, essentially. You could even phrase that in a way that does not... If you're going to try to spin it and say, I got really positive experiences out of it, be like, well, I regret being friends with him, despite the positive things that this led to. Yeah, I like, mean... oh my god, every minefield he just stumbled into. He also was asked about Jeffrey Epstein's behavior, mm. quote-unquote behavior, and he said it was unbecoming. Yeah. And she was like, he's a sex offender. And he's like, uh, yeah. Um. It's so it's so betraying of the way that he thinks and how little accountability he's ever faced to think yeah. about how he should express such a reprehensible viewpoint and that it is reprehensible. Well, it's also just like, what are the royals doing that he would have just no right? concept are, of like how horrible this these accusations are that he's just like... You're a grandfather-aged man. What the hell is the matter with you? So this is um, Sarah Ferguson's ex-husband, so a Duchess Fergie, the original Fergie, QE2, her uh, son, her younger son. Oh my gosh. So he has now retreated, assuming that that is on For the foreseeable the future yeah pressure yeah from all public life and responsibility my ongoing campaign to do away with the royals entirely yeah but also continues he's just getting 
essentially a pension now to do nothing. Yeah, he just put in tax <laughs> money to do absolutely this nothing. This is my punishment. And he's going to be okay. protected and it, nothing's ever going to happen to him because he ha- is wealthy and powerful. Yeah, so let's go from one person with horrendous entitled viewpoints to another. We teased this last week and I actually got a couple people who messaged me and were like, I'm so excited for the I know. thing. And I was like... I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I, guess where I, it's going to go. We should turn it's... down the mics almost because I feel like we're going <laughs> to, we are going to yell. You know what? It's fine. Yeah, so T.I. said in a podcast interview that he forces his daughter to go to the gynecologist every year on her birthday. Which in and of itself, you should get a yearly exam once you are postpubescent. That's fine. Get it checked out. Go to the GYN on your own or with a parent, not with them in the room, unless you want them to be. But then it gets more sorted. Yeah, we are all for gynecologist visits, in case you were wondering. We're very pro-gyno visit. Pro-vag health and keeping abreast of that. (laughs) Uh, So he said that he forces his daughter to go to the gynecologist every year on her birthday. He goes with her and he has the doctor check to make sure her hymen is intact. And the way that he phrased something, he suggested that he gets his daughter to sign off on him being there. Yeah, he said that... He says, do you have anything to hide from me? Oh, no, good. And then looks at the doctor and says, get, get me my results, which is just another, <sighs> such another, like, For my property. Of, yeah, yeah, exactly. Way of imposing your power over your daughter. So I And I hope this, it doesn't go down like that because that is, like, even though she's a minor, I think she's 17. Well, she's 18 now. Okay. Which is. And there's a younger daughter, too, which yeah, there's, is but bad she, news. I think he said he was, he's been doing this since she was, like, 15 or 16. Uh, so... Uh, this actually was really interesting because this happened on a uh, the, a podcast called Ladies Like Us, and it's hosted by two women who later had to remove the episode because they were getting so many one-star reviews. Did they say anything about it? Yeah, well, apparently after he said this, they laughed. Like, that was a response to him saying that, was they laughed. And then they came out later and said it was a knee-jerk reaction to an uncomfortable issue, um, and they apologized and they took the, the episode down. But for two women to respond to a man mm. saying that he gets his daughter's hymen checked every year by, with laughter is so weird to me. Like, I can't imagine responding that way. I mean, Especially I, I someone... get the general being uncomfortable and laughing, but whoa, I don't think like, Both of us would have said line. something. Absolutely. I, I would definitely think that both of us would have said something. I think so. And I this like is why. So. This is just a more extreme version of purity culture, which is rampant in evangelicalism. It's rampant in American culture in general, Puritanism. Any misogynistic culture, I think, really Absolutely. Gets into it's that. not just America. It's not just evangelical. It's like there a lot of a lot of religions are very, mm-hmm. very against women having sexual freedom. Yes, that's what? why it's female, a double standard. That's why female genital mutilation happens is because yeah. they want to prevent women from experiencing Enjoying. sexual pleasure because they believe that women who are sexually aware are dangerous and all of these cultures all of these belief systems that feed into this there's it's no because, sexual health involved at all no there's no awareness of sexual health there's no awareness of actual female biology and it is because we so so many cultures I'll focus on purity culture specifically because that's where TI is coming from. Is this this Myth idea of that virginity and this idea the that value in that women women's sexuality should be preserved for husbands, and women should not be having sex outside of marriage, and women having sex is dangerous, which is something that happens. And he, he actually later on in the interview, he was talking about how his fourteen year old son has sex, and he congratulates him on his sexual conquest. So it's not about 
his kids being smart about God, sex. The, like proud ignorance of that yeah. is just it's so misinformed. <laughs> someone tweeted like and I wish I could find their I, I can't remember the their handle, but someone tweeted men with histories with women with bad histories with women like TI mm. have daughters realize how horribly they treated women and they take it out on their daughters instead of processing it in themselves. Yeah, and and they do it in a way that kind of holds the women in their lives up because oh, I know how horrible men are rather than let me remedy my ways and teach you to be safe and healthy and aware in yeah. a world that has some shitty people, has some non-shitty people. But um so I Hit the books before this episode. Yeah, Mackenzie did her research. She brought I the did receipts. my hymen she research. She brought the literal vagina Bible. Oh. I bought the vagina Bible by Dr. Jen Gunter at oh, an airport. Jen Gunter is very, very Twitter famous. Oh, yeah. She's all up on that Twitter. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I bought it in an airport, and then um, I got really embarrassed to read it on the plane, and then I got embarrassed that I was embarrassed to read it on the plane. So I just kind of put it on a shelf for a month or so, and then... As you process your feelings about like, your embarrassment. I don't know what to do with this. I can't take it on the subway, because then it'll be, like, a weird invitation to people to be gross. But as expected, it had a great section on the hymen and virginity. Just some interesting pre-facts here. About 50% of teens who report being sexually active still have an intact hymen. So I know that we also, we talk about how you can break or rupture or whatever your hymen in many ways. Like maybe, I don't know, falling off a trampoline before having sex. And T.I.'s like, yeah. Riding a bike, putting a tampon in a weird way. That was one of the things he said. He's like, yeah, well, I know my girl hasn't been riding any horses or riding bikes. So uh, yeah, also, there's no good reason. Yeah, also, why are you watching your child so like, those are not the only ways you can break your hymen and also why would you know that how would you even know that like how do you know she's not running and that's kind of sad for her like what she doesn't do any physical activity that might risk that and you have guaranteed very strange but that aside it can also apparently go the other direction that you can have sex and it not break so um the hymen means nothing that's the hymen what we're trying means to nothing. say there is an interesting theory about why the hymen Also, I'm really excited to see how many times we can say hymen in this hymen, episode. Hymen, hymen, hymen. Um, we did a lot. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. One theory about why the hymen ever existed was that before we were fully upright as humans, this is still true that pre-puberty, vaginal skin is really sensitive to outside irritants. So before we were upright, exposed to a lot of dirt, it was a good idea to have it more sealed off before you got to an age that you were sexually active. But then the more upright we got, the less evolutionarily important that got because our vaginas weren't close to dirt. And then, so now there we are... We just, you know, crawled around in We some weren't dirt. like dragging our butts like the dogs on the carpet. So now there are... Well, I would hope not. I think that probably still happens I mean, I do that, but... But yeah, I'm post-pubescent, so you know, I'm fine. She's got her whole, she's got her whole routine. <laughs> my whole whole routine. Oh my god. Um, I'm sorry. So hymens, as this was a new thing that I learned, come in many different formats now, like snowflakes. But as I said to Brooke when she said that before, I've said I've used this joke really twice. like five snowflakes because it seems like it's a limited variation. So they can be a ring, crescent shaped, have holes. Or be absent altogether. So, so you don't even have one to begin with. So it's it's not something that's a, a seal that is broken. Yeah. So, so, we, just, like, so yeah. we just busted some hymen myths. But oh, but well the actual said. issue. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. The actual issue is that a lot of a lot of fathers feel 
a lot of parents in general fathers to daughters men to women it's a more possessive sort of trope with a really dark backstory yeah like like a father cleaning his gun on the porch when the date comes right. over and the whole and giving away at the wedding which has a lot of other significance to value. it and yeah. i honestly probably would have done it myself if my dad were around but that is born of you're my property and i give you away once your sexuality is essentially purchased and yeah. so not saying that every instance of that is that by any means because again i appreciate the sentimentality of it yeah. But there is a really dark culture to the bad side of men always feeling like they own women and women being the possessions of their father or until their sexuality is purchased. It's it's that. It's that men are the authority of the women in their house until they pass them off to another man's authority. But it, there's a darker part of it, which is that, you know, boys only want one thing. Mm. So the instead of teaching boys to respect women... We're going to hold women responsible for the actions of boys. And hold them hostage. Yeah. And, and pro- punish we're, them. We're going to protect their virginity unquote, yeah. by keeping them. Like in a kind of oppressed situation, we're going to protect their virginity. We're going to tell them that the way they dress and the way they act and yeah. talk to boys all contributes to a boy's feelings about them and then if you know if the boys act out on those feelings is their fault so they need to cover up they need to be good girls they need to come home at a certain time they need to go to the gynecologist and get checked it's their responsibility to preserve their virginity and their virginity is the most important part of them and no reciprocal constraint on male behavior or exactly male sexuality Ma- like men to are keep it's, it safe it's the boys will be boys ends. yeah men are going to be sexual creatures. Women are not sexual creatures, and therefore we need to keep them under lock and key until their husbands come along. Yeah, and it's it's it fits into so many gross societal myths that we have about, like, vaginas stretching out the more people that you have sex with, whereas apparently that does not apply if you have sex with your husband as many times. But that logic, women really cannot be valued if you have more than one child, at the very least. Societally, that makes no sense. But we still pretend that it's important. It's this idea that, like, so much of your worth is placed on your sexual history as women. And especially, you know, preserving that. that And guys are supposed to have sex early and often. And girls are damned for the same thing. And sexual pleasure being less of a priority with women. Anyways, it's, it's internet with a lot of gross tropes that pervade things so insidiously and i think people assume that we're past that and we're not we're just no we're just so not. it's worth calling out these things even when they seem like small scale i would not say that this is small scale but things like i don't know applauding boys who get laid but then shaming, girl, shaming same thing. girls yeah but i'll say this and dress codes things when like that. you shame women for sex and you put so much responsibility on them I, I came from a, a very religious background, and I even heard of women who did wait till marriage, and then they still had so much shame with having sex with their husbands mm. because they were taught to be they were taught to fear sex. They were taught right. that it that takes away your away. value as a as a human being. Even like the messaging, like where it's like the more sexual partners you have, you're it's like taking it's like breaking pieces of yourself off, and after a while, you're right. not gonna have anything left to Which give. Which again, like if that logic, or really... you're not gonna be able to attach to a future partner if you have sex with too many people, or all you know all that kind of stuff. But it's it's geared directly at women because right. women are the emotional ones. Women are the ones who attach to men. Well, men are the way they are, and they well, have sex with lots of people. Yeah. yeah. 
women are the way they are and they're only supposed to have sex with one person and if they don't they're going to have this emotional problem they're not going to be able to connect with their future husband which you know i have been fully unable to connect with my husband because my heart belongs (laughs) to every other man who trod that ground before he did i just spilled wine on myself (laughs) at a very particular moment on accident but it was it was good comedic value and that's kind of why trod that ground (laughs) plowed those fields Ooh, that's better (laughs) but i and i'll edit this out if if she's not comfortable with it but I know my mom was another one who was raised, she was raised Catholic, and she waited until she was in her late 20s with somebody who she thought she was going to marry. He, of course, ended up cheating on her, and he was a real Catholic, like, do-gooder on paper. He cheated on her with a married woman, and then all she was left with was like, oh my god, what was I waiting for? I just feel under-experienced and cheated. I yeah. Yeah, when I lost my virginity about a decade younger than she did, which was the end of my teen years, she's like, honestly, as much as I don't like knowing that as your mother and I want to protect you, I am glad that you had that experience early, but in a healthy age with somebody who you felt mutual love for because now you have that. So the lesson here is um, sex. Do it if you want. Don't do it if you don't want. Do it Be healthily. safe. Yeah. And that's the only concern. And, and like, love and communicate fun. with your kids. Um, yeah. Don't I, put that pressure on them, especially girls. It it causes yeah. so much trauma. Trust them and communicate with and them I'm as much say as this you can. In general, everyone, stop worrying about other people's hymens. Mind oh, your, my God. Mind your own damn hymen. Even though we gave you five possible shapes that you now can think, think about, about, don't think about it. Don't think about it. Except in a really amorphous, if you have a five morphed shape, it's so, fine. Anyway, um, we can move on now after we just spent a good twenty minutes talking about. You know what? Bye, Ti. Burn the whole man. Um, throw the whole man away. Yeah, Ti just needs like I feel like Ti just needs, as I said before, so many times. And this is this is why therapy. cancel culture he is needs such, therapy. such a bullshit line that like oh cancel culture is preventing everything. He's not canceled. Nobody's canceled. Well, if you're powerful enough, it doesn't it doesn't affect you at and all. And T.I., I would not say, is the epitome of, like, artistic power. And yet, like, how much is it? Chris Brown, T.I. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna stop Kanye going on doing interviews for a while, and then, you know, everyone's gonna forget about it. Yeah. But his daughter, I will say this, his daughter was liking the tweets. Oh, cry for uh, her. From people who were saying that it was a complete violation of her privacy, that it was abusive, that it was creepy she was liking tweets from people somebody take the other daughter out yeah so this was clearly not something she openly consented to it wasn't something she wanted or thought that it was like healthy and it's just it's really really sad maybe somebody look into that and here's if that's accurate yeah i mean maybe he's lying to him but i i feel like i feel like a a good OBGYN would report that wouldn't he or not yeah not give um, but I will say, dad. I will say that um, he's probably gonna have a shit relationship with his adult daughters because he did this. Yeah, so well. if you do this with your kids, you're gonna have bad relationships with them when they're older. If At you- the very least, yeah. When a day comes that this guy's wet in his diaper and needs someone to change it, and the duty of care always falls on the female children, then it'll matter. Maybe. All right, let's let's move on to actually a very very different story. There have been protests in Iran over the past month. Demonstrators first hit the streets on October 15th, a day after the government announced a hike in fuel prices of up to 300%. Iran's economy has already taken a hard hit because of U.S. sanctions. As you remember, the U.S. pulled out of the Iran deal. 
and they've been hitting them with sanctions. We've, we have been hitting them with sanctions ever since. And it has affected their economy a lot. It's caused prices to soar. Uh, medical and food shortages have started to grow. And the fuel hike could make the economic situation worse. This is already adding to... A, a feeling that the government is oppressive and doesn't allow yeah, people so to dissent piece. or have any kind of voice. President Hassan Rouhani called the protesters thugs. He also claimed that they were not Iranians at all, but anti-government forces, I'm going to quote this, pre-planned by reactionary regional regimes, the Zionists and the Americans, which Classic. like, yeah, when all else fails, just blame the Jews, I guess, is what is the, is, is the go-to there. And definitely a friend of mine, Vera, she's an Iranian citizen still, grew up there she said that they also said that there were very few protesters and it, it, i mean it's a classic authoritarian spin oh yeah absolutely. That, oh no there's basically none of them and they're all americans or jews um and we also have it under control now but yeah we're, we're still government, gonna shut down the internet our country is being undermined by these outsiders who are yeah. planning these protests but we're also internally gonna shut down any means of communication yeah. so the just government, in case they haven't shut down the internet to keep the protesters messaging as contained as possible obviously we know the internet because it's so accessible it, it does it's kind of a very democratic means of communication you the same thing with hong kong with app access and internet access absolutely because they don't want the protesters messages to get out they want to be able to control tool. the narrative control the yeah. messaging and that's the thing is like authoritarian regimes, dictators are always afraid of the populace being able to control the messaging, control what's getting out to the public, right? Right. And whether that be public within the country uh, for organizing purposes or public on a global scale to, you know, solicit help or publicize issues within the country. I know you talked about the special rapporteur from the UN. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The the Iranian president has now claimed victory over the quote-unquote unrest. Huh, victory. But he hasn't offered any proof. He just kind of said that he that the government has has control over it. David, this is from CNN. David K, the UN special rapporteur on promotion and protection of the right to freedom of opinion and expression, told CNN that the impact of the internet s- shutdown makes it incredibly difficult to know what civilians are presently facing in Iran. He said fundamentally I don't think we have a very good sense of what's happening on the ground in Iran right now. The reporting has been spotty at best. We're starting mm-hmm. to hear about the protests and the use of force against the protesters. So another reason why they're shutting down the internet is because any report of abuses from the government won't be able to get out. I mean, you think about Hong Kong, and not that it's it's a good situation, but at least you can see videos, compare notes. There are reporters there are on the ground there. There are a lot of American journalists there. Yeah. My, my good friend Jillian K. Melcher, who works for Wall Street Journal, has been in and out of Hong Kong over the last couple of months and has been able to do a lot of great reporting on they the ground there. They haven't been able to suppress it in the because, same way. Because, absolutely, the, because China is a little bit wary of stepping in and blocking U.S. journalism. Yeah, I think they Hong Kong started out in a more accessible posture than yeah. Iran did, um, given its Western and semi-autonomous background. But in any event, uh, one interesting thing that my friend Vera had mentioned that she doesn't necessarily disagree that gas prices needed to come up because you think of the whole Middle Eastern areas always had very cheap oil. And so maybe there was something economically necessary about that. But it it happened to be the catalyst for something that she said is inherently kind of exciting because yeah. protesters against the authoritarian regime have not gotten that far yeah. before. And it sounds like this uprising is at least scaring the government enough that it's giving everybody pause and it may be effective it, at least in scaring. Yeah, it feels government. sort of like the the hike in fuel prices was sort of the the 
straw on the camel's back. Mm -hmm. And there has been this itch in Iran for a long time because the government is so oppressive. Yeah. It's a it's a theocracy. It's a it's a fascist theocracy. And they have been suppressing, um, it's, you know, it's suppression of women, it's suppression of religious minorities, it's suppression of any kind of dissent. Independent thought, dissent. Yeah, really anything. And what she was saying is that the reason that the internet has never been shut down before is because protests have never gotten this extreme, which is, that's the silver lining to the cloud, I guess, is yeah. that protests have never gotten this far. But we before. are, because we are hearing that there is quote-unquote force, we don't know what that looks like, but yeah. force being used against protesters... And I am a little afraid that, you know, the internet's going to go back up, the lights are going to come back on, <laughs> and people are going to be wiped out, and there's going to be no reporting on it because Iran's going to say, right. well, and the, the anti-government protesters left, and we won, and yeah, that's all Yeah, no, they is. were all from America and Jew. <laughs> yeah. But I, America's in such a terrible position to be exerting any sort of moral authority that we used to be able to exercise in even speaking out against those sort of issues and and god knows our president is certainly distracted now even if he were inclined to be that sort of bully pulpit hey which is amazing because he really has been very vocal against iran i I mean that's true but but also about it right now that's when his administration was more populated with the war hawkish folks i think and hard to keep track of who's where when but i think it it's not just that it's that he is anti-iran when it serves him to be anti-Iran right it's not he's not anti-Iran or anti-authoritarianism yeah, or right, anti-oppression right. of dissent it's not the it, this is not the thing that he's upset about no. with Iran uh but so we'll, we'll keep tabs on that uh but we should probably move forward to our own country yeah speaking of the distraction that is plaguing our there's been a lot going on with impeachment this last couple of weeks let's start with the light-hearted the puff piece if you will <laughs> fartgate so <sighs> The puff piece, Mackenzie. I'm, I'm gonna sorry. have to. I'm, I'm gonna sorry. have to file a police complaint against you I for know. that. Joke. I'm kind of proud about it though. <laughs> I'll go down and flame. So, do you want to explain what you're talking about for the people? I don't even. I believe him. So that I he didn't. That Eric Swallow didn't Eric fart Swalwell, on live TV. The what is he? He's a Democratic representative from California. Yeah, yeah, he got that frat boy vibe. Oh, stop it! Because of the farting. You're saying that because of the farting. I I was saying frat boy, but fart boy, if frat the boy. Shoe fits. <laughs> there was this clip of Eric Swalwell who did some dynamite questioning in the impeachment hearings. Dynamite I lit the fuse, if you will. Listen, it sounded like he farted on live TV. That's he was, I, that's, he was he was on he was on TV with Chris Matthews. And it sounded like he farted. And okay. later, the hardball Twitter, Chris Matthews Twitter said, sorry, it was a mug scraping across the desk. My conspiracy theory is that it was actually Chris Matthews because I've oh, definitely heard was Chris Matthews. I've definitely heard Chris Matthews fart on his show before. Really? He's, oh, yeah. When I, I've been watching it, I was like, wait, what ha- What just happened? And he definitely farted, huh. so... Interesting. Anyway, I mean, we would talk. I felt like it was it was a much better mic'd fart than it would be if it were down south of somebody who's mic'd at the lapel. You know? Well, do you think that they had a mic on Eric Swalwell's butt? Like, exactly. If- no, I don't think they did. So I don't think he farted. Anyways, that was. So you think it was the mug? Yeah. All or right. or somebody else's rump who was more proximate to a mic. <laughs> who farted into a mic? I don't know their lives. One time my dad yelled at me because back when landlines were a thing, I used to call my best friend and sometimes we would fart into the phone. <laughs> and he came and he's like, that's disgusting. Don't do that. Mackenzie, there are so many stories that I find out about you that I'm like, it makes sense, but also 
What? <laughs> I need so much help. What was that? It's fine. I'm a lawyer, goddammit. You are. You're a very good lawyer. You're a very pretty good lawyer. All right. Keep a cork in uh, it. Let's, go, let's talk about Gordon Sondland, mm-hmm. the envoy to the European Union. The one who was qualified only as, like, a hotelier. Not the band, which is a great band. Um, and yeah, somebody smear the great name of hotelier. <laughs> and somebody who donated, what, like, $10 million, a million dollars to the Trump campaign? Mm-hmm. Thus was the qualification but he called the president's actions on the call with Ukraine not chill. A clear quid pro quo. Yeah. I'm also so tired of hearing the words quid pro quo. Can we find a different word? I don't want want to hear it anymore. Well, they did. They found bribery, which is a, a loaded word because, of course, the Constitution in the standard for impeachment uses bribery as one of the named bases beyond just like high crimes and misdemeanors. So I think that was a pointed pivot. Mm. Um and worth acknowledging. Sondland said that President Zelensky had to announce the investigations. He didn't actually have to do them, as I understood it. Which means, if it was true, more the announcement, right? That Trump was far more concerned with smearing the Bidens and actually digging out any correct corruption, which is what he kind of is like. That's all as, he's resting on. Yeah, yeah, is that he actually cares about corruption? But according to Sondland. All Zelensky had to do was announce it. And I don't I don't know if you guys remember, but Mahanzi mentioned that Zelensky was planning on going on CNN and then the funds went through and there was a lot of uh, scrutiny about the call. And so he didn't end up going on. I think it was Fareed Zakaria, even the host of that show that said, hey, by the way, there was like a canceled appearance. Yeah. By Zelensky. So that appearance on CNN that he didn't end up doing was just a vehicle for him to announce the investigation, which is what Trump wanted. And according to Sondland, was the only thing he wanted. And everyone who has testified so far, it seems like Trump was much more invested in the Biden investigation than anything else going on with the Ukraine. Right, right. And even said as much, allegedly, on that phone call with Sondland. I wanted to add, so the clause on impeachment, for what it's worth, Article 2, Section 4 says, grounds for it are treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. So... Bribery itself. And that's the shift that Democrats have kind of taken. They started calling it bribery instead of quid pro quo because bribery has a very different specific legal meaning. And I think it does kind of make sense. And I know a lot of the questioning Republicans, so Nunez being the ranking member and... uh, Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan. The illustrious Jim Jordan. Stefanik. Elise Stefanik, yeah. Yeah, they've been saying, like, well, they never said I'm bribing, right? But you think of other circumstances where bribe is a known scenario. Like, that we know that the, the scenario is playing out. Nobody says, hey, this is a bribe. Yeah. I'm bribing you right now. I, I mean, you even think of a circumstance that comes up a lot in recent contexts, like uh, sexual sort of quid pro quos in workplace environments. Like, you get a promotion if you go on a date with me. They don't say, you get a promotion if you go on a date with me. This is a bribe. And you think of attempted murder. I am making a bribe right now. And even I am attempting to bribe. Even the fact that, like, they they I do wish that people would announce their crimes I would make it a lot easier. I am making a steal. Hello. I am doing theft. (laughs) But, like, somebody asked Gordon Sondland, well, he, the president actively said no quid pro quo, right? And imagine, I mean, think of a more clear-cut crime. Think of, like, attempted murder. And somebody's trying to kill you, and they've definitely assaulted you. They're trying to murder you, and they say, I'm not trying to murder you right now. 
That is no value. Yeah, Trump took his At notes all. out, which were like, it basically like, I want nothing. I want nothing. Did you there see the There is photo no of quid that? pro quo. Oh, yeah, we had it on the front page of the post. Oh, my God. And he spelled Zelensky wrong. He spelled it with two L's. I mean, if you parodied it, it would be too heavy-handed. People would be like, this is too much. Just worth saying that the this Ukraine funding was... Through the Ukraine Support Act, which this is a classic, like, schoolhouse rock bill that passes the House and the Senate, Article 1, Section 7 and 8, like, you know, bicameralism and then presentment to the president for approval. So if you think of how this was approved and who has the authority to do it, that is a great illustration of, like, this was approved by both houses of Congress. They are the ones vested with the authority to do it. And it was $400 million. And the you can look at the timeline of when it was approved and the long gap and then when the whistleblower report came out and then suddenly the aid was released. So just to put some like political schoolhouse rock context to it, that this was something that went through the duly authorized bodies who said this is something in our national security and in our political authority, bipartisanly, we want done. Went to the president, everything went off. The White House held it. Until, yeah. So that was just something and, I wanted to get out. Okay, just say you're a Trump supporter who's made it through the Hyman talk, which <laughs> if you are, congratulations. Who's made it through the many episodes of... Well, like critiques. The dubious Trump. The critiques. If you are a Trump supporter, thank you for being here, first of all. Secondly... Yeah, honestly. Just ask this. Why was the money held? Well, what they've said is Why that, Why like, does every person around Trump say that he was most invested in... The Biden's being investigated, and he didn't care about what else was going on in the Ukraine. Why did Gordon Sondland think that Zelensky didn't actually have to do any investigating, and he just had to announce it? Well, and the other ones around what him was have Trump's goal. Been barred from testifying by the White House. They've yeah. either, and you can argue that that's a little bit of witness tampering, except it, it gets into a weird presidential immunity and scope of the job sort of thing. But anybody else who has direct knowledge of this has been barred from testifying and then also there's the argument that they've made that like oh we wanted to make sure he was the real deal which i don't know what the hell that means this we're talking to somebody who is a reality star who's president to begin with who's speaking to a comedian who's president who's talking to a comedian we're doing really well on the world leader bracket canada has a guy who did blackface (laughs) the ukraine has a stand-up comedian and the U.S. is a reality he show. He has star. interacted the UK has with other administrations, other leaders who, you know, to name a few, MBS have murdered journalists. So it's not like he has some high moral he loves bar. Kim Jong-un, yeah, who has murdered his own people. So I think that's worth bearing in mind when they're like, "Well, we're holding the aid, which is not in our authority to do for this reasoning, because we want to see if this guy's the real deal." At the same time were discretionarily like sanctioning positive sanction is one of those weird words that can mean the exact opposite of itself because sanction can mean allowed or it can mean censored yeah so i mean positive sanction he is sanctioning the likes of kim jong-un and sonlin i think was the the real slam dunk apparently fiona hill's testimony was very strong i was in a hearing i didn't hear all of it but the things that i did hear were very powerful she sweepingly debunked she's like i will not be part of this false narrative that that people are brewing on the republican side that ukraine was responsible for meddling in the 2016 election apparently this is neither here nor there when she was a kid somebody in her class 
a boy in her class I lit heard this story. her pigtails on fire. She put the fire out with her hands and kept on doing her test, which is just, I mean, if that doesn't scream character and everything I want to be. I just want, yeah, I just want the, the, the fortitude to just look someone in the eye who just set my hair on fire, put it out with my hands. And it really embodies it. everything that I did see of her testimony that she just took everybody to task and and not in such an arrogant way or an unentitled way. She talked about discussing with Sondland his quote unquote expertise in Ukraine. And she's like, who put you in charge of Ukraine? And then she's like, I admit that was very rude. And then Sondland said the president did. So, yeah, well presence on a lot of things yeah so another kind of highlight that people may have missed um or just gotten brief glimpses of the former ambassador to ukraine i keep saying the ukraine and it's actually just i mean ukraine there was a thing about the ukraine because i think it was a region even when yeah, it was part of the larger it's no collective longer called the ukraine okay it's called ukraine. but you do at least you're not coming from nowhere saying that like yeah. that there is there a, was a, yeah. there's precedent yeah. sure. uh the former ambassador to ukraine marie yovanovich yovanovich marie yovanovich i keep wanting to say yanukovych which is not who Vic- she is victor uh yeah it's not that's not <laughs> what she is uh marie yovanovich so she was f- another badass who i like almost have forgotten about I her know. badassery because boy this week former ambassador to ukraine marie yovanovich she spent 33 years in foreign service. She fought corruption in Ukraine and was targeted because of it. Prosecutor General of Ukraine, Yurli, oh my god, guys, I don't know how to pronounce anyone's names, uh, Litsenko? That sounds right. Allegedly urged Rudy Giuliani's associates, Lev Parnes and Igor Fruman, those who are, are the, now indicted by the Southern District of New York. Those little goons the who tried goons. to flee at the last minute. I don't know if you could find better people to call goons because they look it's like goonish. goons. It's really goonish. Yeah. And they, they're like henchmen. They're they're like parodied versions. They're cartoonish versions of a stereotype sort of thing. And, and the absurdity of the blatant photos with Rudy Giuliani there was like a video of them with Giuliani and they're like, like drinking wine and they have their yeah. they have like their gold like their chains things, and their shirts unbuttoned yeah Giuliani's neckties taking open. selfies and so- oh my god but yeah she she was pushed out of her job the prosecutor general of Ukraine allegedly urged Rudy Giuliani's associates to who are now indicted by the southern district of New York mm-hmm. to uh, get Marie Yovanovitch fired from her position as ambassador to Ukraine. Um, Rudy and Trump have both spread allegations of her misconduct, even <laughs> though there's no proof of it, and the State Department had full confidence in her. And I think it's because, it seems like it's because Rudy and Trump saw her as an obstacle in getting Ukraine to investigate the Bidens. Because she was actually anti-corruption, and so mm-hmm. she thus likely would not play ball with these false domestic political motivations. In she'd fact, been, she'd been in foreign service for 33 years. She yeah. Was, she's not a partisan person. And when she received the call that she was likely to be recalled, she should come back home. She was actually at an event celebrating a woman who had been fighting corruption in Ukraine and was subsequently killed in an acid attack because she was working so hard and was being honored for her work like anti-corruption work and she's now gotten threats in fact trump on his phone call with somebody with Zelensky, i think it was yeah said 
something's going to happen to her or she's she's yeah, about to be going through something she's about to be going through some things and like then that. he also tweeted during her testimony which is arguably witness tampering negative things about her and her performance like blamed issues in somalia on her not yeah. fixing them during her tenure there which is but this absurd. is what trump does and the thing is he hates women certainly because he did not do this to any of the male witnesses but more than that he hates people who criticize him yeah, well, that's that's a large field now. And <laughs> the thing the thing about Trump is that he actually this his behavior is very consistent. Right. To not see the distinction when somebody is testifying in your impeachment hearings before Congress and you're that, doing these petty things when you've also like withheld your own staff from which, again, you know, arguably getting into the territory of witness tampering if you're forbidding people in your own interest from revealing their information. And now you're saying nasty things about other people and he's gotten into this territory before i mean that that Mueller. assumes that trump has any kind of judgment which he doesn't trump does not have discernment but how absurd that nobody has a rein on him like nobody has his any phone sort of... someone should get it immediately or how even does like no one else have his passwords to, like reasonable... change his twitter passwords and lock him oh, out honestly like an ear with ivanka him. if you really cared oh you ivanka would have hacked and misquoted alexis de tocqueville you can pay someone to hack your father's Twitter account, get you the password, you can change the password, and then you can just give it to him whenever he's being good and take it away whenever he's being bad. Yeah, it seems like I'm that's not saying you should do that because be quite frankly, time. <laughs> quite frankly, it's better that we have his unfiltered mind constantly coming at us 24-7. I guess. Uh, it's better for our, our country as a whole to understand fully what he's uh, thinking. But if she really was on top of it, she would have his password by now i don't have any full confidence in her morality um one thing that's come up a lot which again i'd be remiss not to mention in vain of the hearsay sort of things people have said like oh trump hasn't been able to confront his witnesses which again i don't know that anybody's barring him from coming in fact he was invited and his own employees invited imperative and they've been barred from doing it that aside the confrontation clause is in the Sixth Amendment, and it only gives you a right in a criminal trial to confront witnesses against you. This is not criminal, and it's not a trial, so Trump has no right to confront witnesses. So let's table that. Um, back to Yovanovitch, she did get a standing ovation at the end of her testimony, which was very telling, and I think it took some of the the more bombastic Republicans off guard to see that wow the the audience the collective yeah. public if you will was on her side i also saw a couple right-wing publications say that she had legitimate reason to be upset because of how she's been treated yeah. by rudy giuliani and and president trump the best thing they could offer was like well this is more of an internal sort of complaint that she should fire yeah, they're, they're never file, gonna admit that he should be impeached in this context obviously really I mean, I I would also say, like, por que no los dos? Do an internal complaint, and this is relevant to the impeachment. Yeah. But speaking yeah. of internal complaints, let's move on to Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vinman. Another one who should be unimpeachable, small eye, like, purple heart, Lieutenant Colonel. Heavily decorated yeah. officer. Everybody bipartisan has said he is of the highest caliber. Man of integrity yeah. all around. Just basically his his reputation his reputation is, as he said, unimpeachable. Yeah. And his his opening to his testimony was really, really moving. He 
his dad was an immigrant from the Soviet Union, and he essentially had to pacify his dad on national television and say, Dad, the fact that we are having this hearing supports your choice to move to this country. Yeah. And I'll be okay. I'm telling the truth. Don't worry. I'm safe. And the reason why he had to do that was because right-wing pundits... <laughs> And Republicans have spent weeks trying to discredit him. They they have smeared him. They've called him a traitor. They've they've implied that he's a, a spy. Um, again, a, a decorated military officer. Which you wrote this before, and I think it's worth making the comparison here that we'll get to Trump pardoning war criminals later. And you look at people who are actually paragons of military virtue, and how weirdly quickly those radical right people will turn on those who actually deserve their respect yeah Yeah, and then somehow support well the same people who are all about like support our troops the same people who talk about you know helping our veterans they will they won't give the funding where it's needed they won't give the funding they won't respect the individuals they will smear a veteran a, a highly decorated veteran if he or she has a view that's different than theirs and it's it's not that I think that all veterans should be impervious to criticism. Well, that's the war crimes comparison. Right. So somebody who's been convicted by a military tribunal for war crimes, which we'll get to later, Trump has pardoned a number of Three them. Three of them recently. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, there is the distinction that there are some bad actors, there are some good actors, and that should be such a clear distinction and such a, a nonpartisan one. And yeah. yet... For a party that claims to be pro-military, support our troops as the be-all, end-all, yeah. their values are all out of whack in terms of they the individuals. They almost react more aggressively when it's a veteran who they disagree with. It's it's kind of weird. But uh, yeah. so Vinman, who I think that I, – I don't think anyone who who is looking at him through an objective lens could say that he is partisan. He, he, compl- he made an, an official complaint about Trump's call. Yeah, and he was on the call. He speaks Ukrainian, so he was part of the... Able to understand yeah. both sides. He said his concern was that it was improper, and this is a quote, it was improper for the president to request, he stopped and then said, to demand hmm. an investigation to a political opponent, especially of a foreign power, where there is at best dubious belief that this would be a completely impartial investigation. This would have significant implications if it became public knowledge. It would be perceived as a partisan play. It would undermine our Ukrainian policy, and it would undermine our national security. So that was where his concern was, and that's why he made the complaint. And now so many Republicans and pundits on the right, they're calling him (laughs) a partisan actor. Which is also just like such a xenophobic thing. Yeah, someone on Twitter who was was a veteran himself called him a disgrace to everyone who's served. And people are invoking their knives out because this man complained about the president. People are invoking the fact that his family is of a different nationality, which is so insidious and, and xenophobic. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's the it's the argument of cowards, right? It's yeah, the of cowards. because there's there's no substance to it. And you look at the fact, honestly, these are you couldn't get a better hall of fame of people who are both experts and lifelong nonpartisan actors who all seem to have the same takeaway. And even Sondland being less than an expert and pretty partisan in Trump's favor, same takeaway. So I don't know how you look at this body of evidence and get anything but I don't know at least indictment what, level. I mean, the, con- 
the thing is like and this goes back to the fact that i feel like we're living in two different reality two different realities oh right? like nunez talking about the naked photos he said that in his opening statement in an impeachment hearing that it's, the democrats are trying to get naked photos of trump but then he puts that out into what? the public sphere and suddenly everyone's convinced of that and if you're watching media that is just regurgitating that it feels honest there's so there's so like again 2019 is a fever dream i don't know what's going on ever i feel like i'm gonna wake up one day and it's gonna be 2015 again i'm gonna be like well that was a really weird very long dream 2016 no, has we been the keep living year. it i know i think it's, we're we're still stuck in 2016 i'm still in denial and it's still phase. a fever dream yeah. and i talk to people and I feel like I'm talking to someone who hasn't been in the same world. It's just, it just it's it's mind blowing how crazy things have gotten. And when facts and, don't matter, what do you trace back to? What do you? What's the? Well, we can't agree on facts. We can't agree on what a fact is. It's not an agreement. That oh my god. Anyways, going we're not from get through as someone much as <laughs> like Colonel Alexander Vindman. Oh, let's go to someone who is um, the opposite of that. <laughs> Roger Stone. <laughs> the man the myth the the boy with the nixon tattoo oh beautiful that's my favorite bell and sebastian song the transition i kind of wanted to make between these two topics is that this this question as with many trump related questions is something that's likely to go through the courts i mean you think of the people who have disobeyed subpoenas and with the election looming it might not get to that point which oh side note i do want to say about impeachment Another line that Republicans are throwing around is that they're just trying to undo the election. That's literally the purpose of impeachment. It is when somebody has been elected duly, but they are still serving in office, and you need an alternate means of removing them. That's that's literally the purpose. So yes, absolutely. And then and it's a way to maintain precedent so that in the future people who behave badly well in office yeah it's are one held of to account the checks and balances that the Supreme Court has actually noted in cases where they have upheld presidential immunity because they say well there are these other sorts of mechanisms that control the president like impeachment yeah like there being you know public and legislative control over their conduct so yeah absolutely it's undoing the results of an election as it should that as its purpose serves a lot of these issues are likely to come before the courts or are at least on track to whether or not that happens before the election we'll see but, like, we talked last week about the the tax cases, which the Supreme Court has stayed the ruling demanding that Trump release his taxes pending their decision on the issue, which is a little bit of a sidestep, and it's certainly John Roberts trying to be kid gloves with Trump and Republicans, but at least they're going to consider it. Can we talk about the fact that we have Trump taxes, we have emoluments, <laughs> we have Ukraine, before that we had Mueller. Right. Can you remember? I know we're both in our 20s, so we're young. But can you remember another president who has had so many active investigations against him during his term? Well, my judge was like, I was just rapt attention during Watergate. And this, this I can't even compare. So he was, as he has put it, obsessed with Watergate. And he can't even keep track of everything going on right now. So, yeah, I really do think... Like Ben said last week, it is, you use the word unprecedented so frequently, but I don't think it's wrong to. It, yeah. Like, it just is. Everything is so absurd. But that and... does kind of give validity to the fever dream feeling that we all oh, exist yeah. in all the time, is that it, it really what? is like, no, is it this just is gonna just end the weirdest presidency 
I, it feels like it just feels like we're constantly juggling all of these different issues at once and it just we're in this constant news cycle of yeah it's either these gonna new things. reset to this being the new normal or there will be backlash in the form of like legislation probably a combination thereof if Watergate i think this is, is a any... new normal i think this is the rest of our lives but i think i could see them doing things like passing something that mandates presidential release of tax returns or like candidate sure, release but i don't think we ever go back to pre-trump i don't think we ever go back but i think there could at least be a balance of response and normalization you know well, that could be true so but in any event yeah. roger stone so i wanted to say that the the question of like how much presidential immunity presidential power the supreme court will allow and you know roger stone raising the question of pardoning and impeachment raising the question of will they intervene in a political question sort yeah. of thing. That's the best segue to pardon power with Roger Stone and the war criminals obviously being something that is at its zenith with Trump. And we'll see how it goes with Roger Stone. Roger Stone was found guilty of five counts of lying to Congress, one count of witness tampering, and one of obstructing a congressional committee proceeding. Oh, this um, came out through Mueller. Yeah, so this is... That's really all we have to say about Roger Stone. He he may be pardoned. Is, he will likely be pardoned. Yeah, the maximum sentence is, and we will correct this from last week, Ben had said 50 years. I believe the maximum sentence is actually 20 years. I don't think that's likely, even though he's pissed off Judge Berman royally. Um, she's pretty measured. So I would guess between one and two years, but he will probably serve prison time, although he has gotten a special order to go to Florida for Thanksgiving to spend with his family. I mean, he's going to spend, like, He's going to get two years in prison. He's going to spend six months and then get the rest suspended. And then he's going to spend the rest of his life complaining about, it. about the six months he spent in prison. That's what rich people And liberals do. and how it was liberals' fault. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Moving, so that's... He, Roger Stone may be pardoned Potential by Trump. Potential pardon one. Yeah. Potential pardon. Uh, speaking of pardons, President Trump cleared three members loves of the armed services. Criminals. Of- Trump low-key loves war criminals. Uh, Trump just knows this is going to get him brownie points with people who, so again, gross. think that the troops can do no wrong unless the troops disagree with them politically. They just like violent. They like indiscriminate violence. No, I think Rather it's, than it's morality. more that they think that troops shouldn't be held to the same standard as... But it's like they don't like the, the ones conducting themselves honorably and they like the ones who are actively, like, against Nuremberg and Geneva principles. I... Uh, <laughs> If I could explain this to you from a psychological point of view, I would, but I can't. I do not have the education. I, who does, honestly? <laughs> uh, drink my organic wine if just, it sounds like I'm peeing in the background. Mackenzie it has is to be peeing on the floor. What? Oh my Mackenzie, god! Stop! Gross! What so, are you doing? Our stop. plausible deniability is that we brought wine today that has to be consumed within 24 Actually, hours. Have any more left? Can I top? Tiny bit off. Fuck yeah. It there has to go. be consumed within 24 hours of opening because it's organic. It's also called our daily red. Thank so you to my husband who will enjoy none of it. it in a day. Sorry. Um, yeah, so, so let's he- just talk, let's first say what the three people did. In a statement released on November 15th, Trump announced that he was ordering the full pardon of Clint Lawrence, a former lo- army lieutenant. He also ordered the full pardon of Major Matthew L. Goldstein, a former Army Special Forces officer, who was facing murder charges for killing an unarmed Afghan he believed was a Taliban bomb maker, who was not. And he reversed the demotion of Chief Petty Officer Edward Gallagher, a Navy SEAL who was acquitted of murder charges, but convicted of posing with the corpse of a dead teenage ISIS fighter. Trump also tweeted, the Navy will not be taking away warfighter and Navy SEAL 
Eddie Gallagher's trident pin. So he's going to fight the Navy on that, apparently. Uh, Clint Lawrence, by the way, he was uh, at a military prison at Fort Leavenworth where he was serving a 19-year sentence for the murder of two civilians. Oh, awesome. So why we are pardoning these three men is beyond me. And... um. Seems like a bad idea and is overruling previous military Right. So it's it's decisions. overruling the military tribunals at issue. It's also the Geneva Conventions, Article 3, forbids treating anybody who has taken no active part in hostilities, no longer in combat, inhumanely. It prohibits... Violence against people, uh, against those people, murder, mutilation, humiliating and degrading, or executions without judgment. So this is against both international law and domestic law. So all these fall under something like, so the, obviously Edward Gallagher, that's humiliating and degrading to pose with the corpse of a dead ISIS teenager. Mm-hmm. Executions um, without, uh, like, without, what was it? Oh, executions And he was without facing judgment. murder charges. Mm-hmm. He was facing other charges and was acquitted, but uh, was charged with that. And there was the one where, uh... A bunch of people who were ostensibly complying with orders were leaving on their motorcycles and somebody one of them executed all of them summarily as they were leaving and they were civilians was that clint lawrence he was uh, uh, he was know. serving a 19 year sentence for the murder of two civilians it's it's one of those situations where it just feels like like why are we dying on this hill? It's just disgustingly authoritarian and like pro violence. It is. That's it, it, that's the. It feels hill. very authoritarian. It feels very much like our military will do whatever it wants. We will not be held to any standard. That is his only consistent rhetoric: is is pro violence, pro control, pro authoritarian. Yeah, it's gross. Don't kill teens and pose with their bodies. I feel like that's pretty basic. You are an agent of the military of our country it comes from nuremberg be a professional yeah and and that's where geneva and nuremberg they both come from principles of a basic like respect for humanity and that war is kind of a necessary evil and we will have these principles that everybody abides by and how we conduct ourselves and that it's not just this indiscriminate like humanity-less killing yeah Yeah, and that's where things like posing with a corpse it it gets back to the abu Ghraib kind of idea because posing the corpse for a photo is sadistic it is it's it's enjoying the death of another it's not a means to an end it's making a joke out of it yeah as a lot of the things in this administration have traced us back to did we learn nothing from nuremberg from world war ii from the aftermath Uh, no geneva no we have not Uh, And the positives that came out of those things, like, I don't even think we could quantify. But let's pivot to the Democratic primary small scale. So we're going to talk about the Democratic primary next week. And Michael Bloomberg's pivot on stopping for us, which we're going to dedicate a little time to. Because it's actually really important that we dig into that policy. And its effect on the community and its effect on police and community relations. In fact, two judges who I work with said that the response that he got for his half-assed, very convenient timing apology is probably damning because it it was so poorly received. Because conservatives hated it and liberals were like, too little, too late, bro. Exactly. So So the one thing that I will say as the teaser is my favorite Klobuchar moment, which I did not think I would have, which is her saying that in her first campaign – She's talking about her experience running for office. And she said her first campaign, she raised $17,000 from her exes alone. And boy. The power. Talk about women to aspire to. We got. power. 
to raise seven, even if like $70,000 in the grand scheme of a campaign isn't that much, but to get $17,000 from your exes. I'm not saying I'm endorsing Klobuchar, but I am saying that is a power move. And no, Klobuchar should probably drop out. I'd be lying if I said I didn't want to get 17000 from my exes. Um, if you're one of Mackenzie's exes, you are legally obligated to send $17,000 to this address that we will put in the link of the bio. We're lying, no, but we're thank you and good night. Um, no, Just, you, you can send don't send this money. Just my PayPal. You know. You know what it is. Venmo Mackenzie. Okay. All right. Or put it in a jar and send it to us, which is my new favorite mode of transportation and communication. Our other favorite mode is reviewing us because our egos were hurt by one bad review because we have thin skin well no we just honestly we read every review and we take it to heart no we really consider everything and we so can, all of your dms all of your critiques if you all have of your critiques, praise yeah we we read that we read it and we, we anything take sincere it to heart. and honest like please somebody told us about an issue with our volume and like absolutely taken to heart and honestly we've noticed it too it's a learning curve with us editing. So so tell us positives and tell us negatives that are constructive. And we can't even say how much we love you. Um, we love you so much. Brooke and I have been like texting back and forth, just like yelling about our emotions at how much we love you guys. We so, love getting your DMs. It means so much to us. And we love know getting all of your messages. We're an open door reciprocally too. Like we are here as a resource and friend for whatever you need. Uh, hey, you listen to us. We want to hear from you. So fuck yeah. Let us know how your feelings are. And where you your can feelings are at. find us. Um, I am MKZJ Brennan on Instagram. And what? Oh, get me to a nunnery with a number two on Twitter. Wow. This uh, daily bread wine is really settling in mm. to our nervous systems right yes. now. It's a Friday. So we're going. It's, a, fr- it's a Friday. We crazy. Uh, you can reach me at Brooke Angeline on Instagram at BKE Rogers there. Send me Instagram DMs. Let me know what you want to hear about. Let me know what you think. Let me know your thoughts and your feelings and concerns. I love to hear from you. Mackenzie loves to hear from you. Absolutely. Tell us what you want to hear about. And if you want to learn about vaginas, read the Vagina Bible because I have been pleasantly surprised. We love you. We're going to go finish our wine. We're going to go finish this bottle of wine, and then I'm going to go eat some cheese. Yeah. I'm going to go drink some more of my liquid popsicle. Good night. Good night, y'all. We do the same. All right, guys.